Hello, sweet ones, and welcome to the Soul Medicine Podcast. I am your host, Liz Nerland, and I have created this space to nourish you with guided meditations, to support your healing journey with Reiki practices, and to inspire, lead, and teach developing healers and intuitives. I invite you now to breathe deeply, to open your mind, to expand your heart space, and to call your soul to rise to the surface as you settle in to receive these offerings. Let's get started. Hello, hello, sweet one. Welcome back to the Soul Medicine Podcast. I am your host, Liz Nerland, and I'm so grateful you're here. One of the biggest things I want to impress on all of my Reiki students is to open to source, to God, to the higher power that you understand, however you understand it, and to trust the insights and the wisdom that comes through you, even if that means that your practice doesn't look or sound exactly like what comes through others. Even if it means that your practice doesn't look or sound like what is written in the textbooks you may have seen. And I impress this so deeply on my students because for almost a decade, this was not my reality in my Reiki practice. I had kind of swallowed this belief that it had to be done just right and it had to be done according to tradition. It had to be done the way that it was done in the past. Uh, walking in the steps of the people who came before us. Is there value in doing this? Yes. But what I have found is that it is only as valuable as it is effective. I was really strictly adhering to the 27 ham positions. I was really focused on doing it right at the start of my practice that I actually feel like It held me back in a lot of ways, and I wasn't meeting the needs of the people that were right there in front of me because their needs were so different than the needs of the people that Dr. Yuzui would have treated in the late 1800s or early 1900s when he founded this system, this Reiki system. So... There's kind of this push-pull of like, are you a purist? Are you doing everything in the traditional ways? Or are you innovating your practice? I think there's value in both. And in my experience, there comes a time where to really evolve your practice, you actually have to break the rules. And in some ways, the way that Reiki is set up, it, it encourages you to do this. So first of all, let's set aside the fact that there are so many conflicting accounts of how Dr. Yuzui actually practiced. For instance, some people say that he never used touch, while others very strongly say that he did do hands-on touch. So let's set aside the fact that we actually don't know how Dr. Yuzui practiced. But I also have to question, like, If Dr. Yuzui was here today, would he actually practice in the same way, using the same techniques, the same processes, the same approach today as what he used back in the late 1800s and early 1900s? 
I would venture to guess that he wouldn't because where I am in North America, the people that I am seeing are really an entirely different being than the people of Japan in the 1800s. We're facing very different kinds of crises. Our nervous systems are working in different ways. We are exposed to different toxins, different global crises. We are overfed, information overload, artificial lights, tons of chemicals in our systems. Like it's just such a different lived experience that I think the practice needs to evolve to meet the different needs of the people today. Now, when you actually look at the teachings of Reiki, the second pillar of Reiki, Reiji Ho, is a method of placing the hands in prayer position and asking for guidance. This is the ultimate practice in Reiki, is to attune yourself to ki, to spirit, to prana, to chi, to this higher power, and letting it move through you and letting it guide you. It means that when practiced correctly, you're actually setting aside your thinking mind. You're setting aside the rules that someone else gave you, and you are allowing yourself to be a vessel of the divine. Now, as I already mentioned, there are purists out there that are sticking to tradition. And if that works for you, then yes, do it. Continue. That's amazing. If you are feeling satisfied in your sessions, if your clients are getting the results that they're looking for, like do that. That's amazing. Sometimes I think we get a little bit off track. And I'll share the story um, just to, to make an example of what I'm thinking as I blabber away. Uh, <laughs> the other day I was purchasing a book from a spiritual shop and it was called Reiki Shamanism. Now I hadn't seen anyone specifically marry these two practices and I was quite curious about it. Anytime I'm picking up a book like this, I don't do it with the intention that I'm going to like just follow someone else's thing in the book. But in my own life and practice, I've always been really drawn to drumming and I do use drumming in my sessions. And so I was curious to see what this person had to say about that and to see what landed and to just throw away what didn't. And when I went to pay, the man behind the till commented that he is a yoga purist and he doesn't think it's a good idea to cross paths or to just pull from different lines. I do agree with some of that. I I do think sometimes we have a tendency to only pull the parts we like. And so sometimes we miss kind of what is most needed. But one of the things he pointed out is how Yogananda, uh, he broke from tradition to come to the West and he taught tens of thousands of people the practice of yoga. And so the storekeeper noted that Yogananda's teacher had taught numerous ascended masters while Yogananda didn't guide any of his followers to become ascended masters and, you know, tests for whether someone has actually become an ascended master would be like, can you stop your heart for 10 minutes and then start it again? So we're, we're talking about like this kind of level of mastery and so he was pointing out that like Yogananda broke from tradition and he wasn't able to like 
fully liberate anyone, whereas if he had stuck under his teacher, then maybe he would have been able to. If he had really stuck to tradition, maybe he would have been able to guide other people to full enlightenment. Now, one of the big things that comes up for me is I don't think the goal of the spiritual teacher is necessarily total liberation. Maybe some of us are here simply to guide people towards less suffering and more love. Maybe it's just to ease the burden of suffering enough that people get back on the spiritual path. Maybe that's a win too. Maybe not everyone in this lifetime right now is in pursuit of total liberation. So part of my argument would also be that Yogananda, he broke from tradition and he came to the West and he modified the practices to meet the needs of the people and he helped alleviate so much suffering. And most of these people he was working with probably had absolutely no desire to achieve a state where they could stop their heart for 10 minutes and then start it again. Whereas Yogananda's teacher, his role was to be there for the people who wanted that, who the people who in this lifetime were like, I want total liberation. And so there are different teachers, different guides that are here for different people at different times. I don't agree that Yogananda failed just because he didn't guide people to total liberation. I think he probably did serve in the capacity he was meant to serve in. I think he did a huge service for the people that he was here to serve. And I think his teacher was also perfectly aligned to serve in the way that he was meant to serve. And so there is no single absolute right way to do this, whether you are a traditionalist or if you are innovating your practice to meet the needs of someone who is right in front of you. I think it just has to be in the case of Reiki, where we are becoming a channel for source. We have to make sure that we are acting in alignment and practicing in alignment with the wisdom, the insight, the guidance that is coming through us. Here's another example where I feel like as a traditionalist, you may not have a lot of success where I'm living in North America. There's a Reiki technique whereby the practitioner holds his or her hands above a single point on the body, And you stay at this point for 30 minutes and it's supposed to remove poison from the body. Now you need a very specific type of client to to be able to achieve a state of mental and physical rest for 30 minutes while the practitioner just stands in one spot. And, you know, for that client, they're probably not going to be perceiving a lot of action. So most of the people that I see, they live full lives with jobs and families and deadlines and anxiety and a monkey mind. And if I were to just stand there for 30 minutes holding one spot, most of them would spend that 30 minutes lost in thought and struggling. Now, again, 
I am not saying that there is no value in purist teaching. There is value. And we do need to start with a system, with rules, to actually develop to a level where we can be guided more fully by spirit. But I do think that we do need a variety of options for a variety of students and practitioners and clients. And for me personally, I am going to strive to meet the unique needs of whoever is in front of me at that moment in time and allow myself to be guided by spirit rather than committing myself to follow steps that have been laid out by someone else a hundred years ago. I don't practice as a purist right now. Is it possible that one day I will be moved into falling back into tradition? Sure. If that is the way that God moves me and moves through me, I wouldn't say no. But right now, I am just showing up in the way that I feel guided to. I'm curious how your practice lands with this. Does this resonate with you? Do you feel more like you need to stick to tradition? Do you feel a little bit more innovative? Have you felt conflicted in the way that you might think you need to practice one way, but then you keep being guided to practice another way? That's how I felt for a long time. I would love to keep this conversation going. The best ways to connect with me is to hop over onto Instagram and find me there. My handle is at Liz Nerland. That is at L-I-Z-N-E-R-L-A-N-D. Pop into my DMs, say hello. I would love to hear from you. Um, If you are interested in Reiki trainings, I do offer live online trainings as well as self-paced trainings. Um, They're ongoing throughout the whole year. And four times a year, I do live in-person trainings out of Squamish uh, in Canada. So if you are interested in any of those trainings, I will drop the link to the training information in the show notes. Uh, But your best bet is to hop over to Instagram, say hello, and then we can keep chatting and make sure that we are a good fit to move through this Reiki journey together. Sending you so much love. Until next time, take care.